What demonic force propels people to murder? It's not clear to me whether religion is the root cause of much of the mayhem of the world or simply the excuse. Did the barbarians who devastated Brussels this week murder because religion led them there or was there something murderous already lurking inside them that found an outlet in religion? Did Islam distort the terrorists or did the terrorists distort Islam? John Lennon wrote, imagine there's no heaven and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. If this vision came true, if religion was somehow eliminated from the world, would all the people live in peace? Would violence vanish once and for all? I doubt it. Violence is part of our makeup. Human beings are aggressive, competitive, egotistical, power-driven, exploitative, and selfish. We are strangely attracted to violence. You don't have to be religious to be violent. Non-religious and anti-religious philosophies have also caused plenty of bloodshed. Communism, socialism, fascism, and nationalism, to name a few 20th century varieties. Still, many violent acts are justified by religion. Many violent people are religious. Religion brings out the worst in all too many people. No fair-minded individual would deny this. C.S. Lewis wrote, of all bad men, religious bad men are the worst. They are the worst because when they commit transgressions, they validate immorality in the eyes of others. Instead of cleansing our impurities, they whitewash them. A murder becomes a noble jihad. The world is turned upside down through an unholy inversion of values. Cruel is kind. Killing is compassion. Sin is salvation. And horrible is honorable. Our highest aspirations are manipulated to excuse our basest impulses. The Almighty decreed that the infidels die. A God that demands the death of the innocents, that manipulates women and children to strap on suicide belts, that takes offense at the perceived paltry insults that humans throw its way. Such a God is no God at all, and the worship of such a God is idolatry. A Kafkaesque metamorphosis has occurred in our times. We awoke one morning from uneasy dreams to find religion transformed into a gigantic distortion. Our worst nightmares have come true. 
The name of God has been despoiled, dragged through the refuse by the world's most fanatical deviants. For many today, God represents bigotry, oppression of women, violence, and rage. So-called holy men invoke heaven to perpetrate the most earthly crimes. Their worldview is, all our death, kill or be killed. In their state of nature, life is a zero-sum game. There are no arts, no letters, no society, and worst of all, continual fear and danger of violent death and the life of man, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Using the latest technology, the fruits of the labor of centuries of striving towards the light, they would take us back to the dark ages and wreak havoc and destruction on the most advanced and the most humane civilizations in the history of the world. Woe unto them who present darkness as light and light as darkness. Our age has produced wolves in sheep's clothing, savage and cunning. They cry, peace, but let's slip the dogs of war. They claim virtue, but vice is their ally. They postulate goodness, but are zealous for all that is vile. They are about rebellion, not religion. They are about superstition, not sanctity. By invoking divine authority, they arrogate to themselves powers not theirs. Am I God to give life and to deal death, said the king of Israel. They speak for themselves, not God. They act for themselves, not God. They represent themselves, not God. It's their needs they pursue, not God's needs. It's their flaws they exhibit not God's flaws. It is often ambition disguising itself as a calling. Religion is the veneer. To reign is worth ambition, though in hell. Better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. Isaiah Berlin wrote, One belief, more than any other, is responsible for the slaughter of individuals on the altars of the great historical ideals. That is, the belief that somewhere in the past or in the future, in divine revelation or in the mind of an individual thinker, in the pronouncements of history or science or in the single heart of an uncorrupted good man, there is a final solution. Most of us have read about people or have met people who are convinced that they have found the final solution. These sultans of certainty are convinced that they have been endowed with a perfect understanding of God's will and that God has revealed it 
to them and them alone. They see in every challenge an affront to God. They interpret every doubt as an insult to God. They have convinced themselves that they are God's protectors and defenders. They are quick to take offense. They are quick to mete out justice. Churchill wrote that a fanatic is a person who won't change his mind and won't change the subject. Religious fanatics never change the subject. They are overzealous. They are supercharged. It seems that there is no lightness of being in them. They lack any subtlety or sense of humor. They seem incapable of self-reflection. The Talmud advises a person who prays must direct his heart above and his eyes below. Religious fanatics spend too much time contemplating heavenly rewards and not enough time focusing on earthly travails. The service of God usurps God. Tis mad idolatry to make the service greater than the God. An extremist mindset ultimately destroys that which it seeks to uphold. As Victor Hugo wrote, to be ultra is to go beyond. It is to maltreat the thing you support. It is to find too much light in the night. It is to be dissatisfied with snow, the swan, and the lily in the name of whiteness. It is to be the partisan of things to the point of becoming their enemy. It is to be so very pro that you are con. That is what is happening to Islam today. A substantial and exceedingly powerful minority is destroying the Islam that over a billion Muslims uphold. They should fight back. They should fight back with everything they have. Or it will take generations for the Muslim world to overcome its barbaric elements and become the religion that the others are convinced that it is, at least in the eyes of the civilized, enlightened world. At its best, religion is a source of inspiration, not intimidation. Religion is sublime when it animates us, arousing and awakening the better angels of our nature. We seek to instill a sense of right, a goodness, and decency that is so overwhelming that any inconsistent thought or deed is rendered reprehensible in our eyes. Religion is for life. Not death. 
The key insight of religion is the insistence upon the distinctiveness of the human creature. Every life is precious. Every life is sacred. The Talmud states that to save a life is akin to saving the entire world, and to destroy a life is akin to destroying the world. I have heard imams and Muslim scholars quote the same verse to me many times without even knowing that its origin is much earlier in Jewish tradition. Mindful of our tendencies to magnify and distort our own capacities, the Bible clarifies in the book of Job. Who is this who speaks without knowledge? Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Speak if you have understanding. Do you know who fixed the world's dimensions? Have you ever commanded the day to break? Who is wise enough to give an account of the heavens? And finally, Job concedes his final words being, Indeed, I have spoken without understanding of things beyond me which I did not know. Therefore, I recant and relent, being but dust and ashes. This is the true spirit of religion. Humility. We have spoken of things beyond us which we do not understand. We are but dust and ashes. The book of Leviticus that we are currently reading concentrates on sacrifices. Jewish sages tell us that killing animals was not the goal. It was a concession by God to accommodate the human propensity to kill. If we were not allowed to kill animals, we would turn our murderous impulses on each other. If we were not allowed to sacrifice and burn animals, we would end up sacrificing and burning human beings, turning them into ashes. In fact, the word holocaust is derived from the Latin, meaning completely burned totally consumed by fire. The word originated in the biblical accounts of these types of sacrifices in the book of Leviticus where nothing but ashes remains from the animal. The opening passage of the Parsha of the week, Tzav, describes this sacrifice of the burnt offering wherein the fire burnt all night and the animal was completely consumed by morning, only ashes remained. We read that the Kohanim, the priests, had the specific task to rise at daybreak in order to clean the sanctuary from the night before. Even before starting their spiritual tasks, they were to go to the altar where the sacrificial offerings had burned all night and to pick up the ashes, placing them beside the altar. The priest was then commanded to change clothes working clothes, clothes that would get dirty, before carrying the ashes outside the camp to somewhere clean. Jewish sages wondered, why the Kohanim? Why the priests? 
including perhaps the high priest himself. Why must the priest engage in such menial labor? Couldn't a laborer have done this and even welcome the job? According to the 12th century sage Rabbeinu Bachya, since the Kohanim had an exalted position, Dafka, they were given this menial task to teach them day in and day out the value of humility. The plain clothes that they put on to take the ashes outside of the compound further enhanced and emphasized this point. You are no higher and nor mightier than anyone else. Do not place yourself above the people. You are to serve the people. It was a daily reminder to the highest of religious officials that as they engage in their lofty spiritual pursuits, they must not forget the ordinary needs of the people. Religion, as our sages teach, is about humility. It is about the daily needs of the people. It is about loving and serving the people, not murdering, enslaving, and coercing the people. The highest spirituality begins by donning ordinary work clothes and cleaning the ashes. This is our task as well. It is the most urgent religious task of our times. Every single day, to put on the ordinary work clothes of humility and to clear away the ashes of our human composition that so blacken our world.